This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. Or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Dingmarsh! Ooh, I like that! <laughs> that tells us a little bit about what kind of place this is. It's probably... Near a swamp! Right, near a lovely, lovely swamp on an island somewhere, but we'll, uh, we'll see what that is all about. Well, hello and welcome back once again to Me, Myself, and I. I am, as always, your intrepid GM player and host, Trevor DeVal. Thank you so much for joining me here. And if you want to help support the show, you can do so by liking and subscribing or by joining us on the Patreon, which is a huge help to keep the show running. So thanks to all of you uh, out there who have already done so. Last time, there was a big fight. A big fight on the Grey Mariner as Edward led the crew of the Drunken Ghoul out of their captivity, out of their chains, and onto the deck of the ship where they somehow, in the middle of a raging storm, actually were able to take the ship back. They forced Captain Grey to surrender after cutting off a couple of his fingers. Ho, 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 ho. And forced everybody else to surrender as well, including Vale, who was unable to escape the ship. Edward did not want to kill Vale because he knows that the Order thinks he's guilty of Sherilyn's death, which he's not, and if you watch season one, you'll know why. But he didn't want to kill her because he didn't want to have her blood on his hands, so instead of just keeping her with them on the ship, which is far too dangerous, he decided to maroon her and Wicked Carlos, uh, as well as the crew of the Grey Mariner on an island, a little, little island in the middle of nowhere, and then proceed from there. Now, I think this episode, it is going to be time to start putting together the pieces of the mystery. We have a lot of elements now in terms of what's going on, how Edward got here, all this stuff. Not everything is answered. In fact, nothing's answered yet. But I have some ideas that the dice may determine are, in fact, correct. But before we do that, first of all, Experience points! Yes, Edward was very successful. So successful, in fact, I'm going to give him 12 APs, which is the... It's sort of the upward maximum you're supposed to give people. Supposed to. It's my game. I do what I want. But you know what? 12 seems very generous. Well, I think obviously his command is going to go up. He only was able to bring the ship under heel and control because of luck last time. I think he's learned something about command. So his command is currently 2, which is garbage. I am going to make his command... Four, which is going to cost him five points. I'm going to make his Inspire a little better as well because he he really helped to get that crew going. So I'm going to I'm going to bump up his Inspire from the loathsome two that it currently is. Also, I think to to four. So that's another five points, which leaves him with two APs, which I'm just going to call that luck. The other thing, it's been a couple of days, which means that Edbert heals with the assistance of the ship surgeon up to full. So he is back up to seven. So when we last left off, Captain Nicola was trying to find a different port to take the battered and broken ship to get repairs. They didn't want to go to Stormsworth because Edbert figured that the order was waiting for him there, waiting for Vale, actually. So they're going to go to a different port. Let's go to Random Tables 2 here, this one right here. 
uh, by Matt Davids. Again, the link for this product and all the other products I use in the show are in the notes below. And if you purchase them on the channel or through the, the links provided, then uh, you can help support the show that way. Let us look at town names. There are quite a few possibilities here. I think he's got five. Dengmarsh. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> that tells us a little bit about what kind of place this is. It's probably near a swamp. Right, and you had a lovely, lovely swamp on an island somewhere, but we'll uh, we'll see what that is all about. So they are headed towards the port town of Dengmarsh, where they can hopefully get repairs done to the Grey Mariner and probably rename it. I think that, because remember, the, the drunken ghoul was effectively scuttled at sea, so the drunken ghoul is no more, but the Grey Mariner could be renamed. But we'll see what happens when they get to Dengmarsh. But before they do get there, there's a number of things we need to do. First of all, we've already established the chaos factor goes back down to five, so that is where it is. Our new scene is going to be basically putting the pieces together, so to speak. So first of all, is the scene interrupted or... Altered. Seven, it is not. So we proceed directly to the scene on the deck of the ship, in the foredeck. Looking out over the water, the waves crashing all around them, the, the, the creak of the sails and the masts and the, the whipping of the, of the canvas as the wind picks up and propels the ship forward over the waves. Greta is brought up in chains on the deck and confronted by Edbert and Captain Nicola. Captain Greta, who had a hypnotic personality, or at least a hypnotic mannerism, if you recall from all those episodes ago. Uh, he's not much in the way of being particularly hypnotic right now, because he is cowed, beaten, defeated. I know I've been on this ship before. Do you recognize me? Does Greta recognize Edward? Well, we know that Edward was shanghaied and put on board this ship. We've sort of played around with the idea that he was pressed into service, but that's not necessarily the case. He could have been stowed away on a crate or something by somebody else, who knows? The point is we don't know what the relationship was, so does Greta even recognize Edward? Honestly, I have no idea. Chaos rank 5, 50-50, it's 50% 50 chance of Chaos rank 5. Here we go, does, uh, oh he does, but just barely. He does recognize, so Greta looks at him and kind of nods. I recognize your face. You were on board this vessel some months ago? Is it a matter of months ago? In my head, the time from when Edbert got Shanghai and when he emerged conscious on the island is about a month. That That's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't think it's gonna be much longer than that. I'm gonna say it's a sure thing. Because <laughs> I believe it is, 07, extreme yes. Okay, so it's it's definitely been a month. A month ago, you were on board this vessel. Is it like we think it is? Was Edbert actually shanghaied by the crew of this ship, pressed into service, and then something else happened? I don't know. I mean, we've already suggested it. It sort of is. So let's say it's, uh, it's, it's, it's somewhat likely. Oh, look at this. 69 on 65. That's a no. So it's not exactly as we thought it was. He wasn't shanghaied and pressed into service, but he was clocked in the... Oh. Oh, I just had an idea. <laughs> I'm going to say it's likely that my idea is correct because it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool idea. Um, likely... Oh, zero one. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's a yes. We were at sea for a full day before you emerged from the hold of the vessel. We did not know who you were. You seemed rather dazed, as though you did not know why you were here. I assumed, of course, that you were a stowaway on board my vessel. But I saw that you were clearly a fighting type, and I thought that perhaps I could 
put you to work while we pursued Captain Nicola here and his treasure map. No, 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 that doesn't make sense. The last thing I remember, I was in Hundatora. Next thing I know, I wake up on an island. What happened in Hundatora? Here is my idea. We know that Edward was fleeing the Order from Chiton, but we don't necessarily know that he was alone. And in fact, our dice tell us he was not alone. He was with Simon of Argastan. Yes, our old friend Simon from season one. Simon had a vested interest in protecting Edward, obviously, after all that Edward done for him. And I believe that Simon and Edward fled south. Simon was would not abandon his old friend. So the question is, where's Simon? Well, flashback. It is night on the docks of Hundatora. There are ships in the harbor, but very little activity. Oh, some skullduggery going on, some less than legal types skulking around in the shadows. The, the sound of revelry from the local sailors' taverns, but... There's not a lot of activity in terms of legitimate business going on here in the, in the deepest watches of the night, in the darkest watches of the night. Right, Simon, the art is about an hour behind us. I'm sick of running, do you understand? I'm not going to run anymore. I'm going to stand and fight. And I think with you beside me, we could really do some damage to these folk before they take us down. Edbert, you must listen to me. To stand and fight here is suicide. We cannot take all of them ourselves. We must continue fleeing. We came to Hundatora for a reason. We can get on board of a ship and take passage somewhere. We can continue the hunt for whatever it is that's going to help you rid yourself of Sherilyn. No! I said, son, I've had enough of running. This ends here and now. If you're a true friend, you are with me on this. Simon looks around. He knows that the order is going to come around that corner within the hour. He knows they're they're hot on their heels. As always, Edbert, you leave me very little choice. Edbert nods grimly and turns away and begins to look for a place to make an ambush. And as he does so, as he turns on Simon, Simon hoists his crossbow and with the butt of it, cracks Edbert on the back of the head, knocking him out. <laughs> Edbert drops like a sack of potatoes on the dock. Simon did to Edbert what Edbert did to Simon in the Temple of Thorzan so, so, so long ago. I'm sorry, my friend, but if you stay here, you will be killed, and I will not let you die that easily. And in any event, you had that coming, so mm, we're even. Simon looks around for an available crate or barrel, and in fact finds one that has been uh, only somewhat sealed up. It's just full of straw, there's really not much in it. He hoists Edbert over, the unconscious Edbert, and he stuffs him in that crate, and then positions the crate with a great, great exertion right on the gangplank of a bunch of other crates which are destined for the ship right in front of him. And as as Simon turns around, he sees that the name of that ship is the Grey Mariner. Simon begins to pull away, gather his things. I wish I could go with you, old friend, but I can better serve your needs by staying here and trying to delay the order as best I can. And he turns and walks into the shadows. Back on the Grey Mariner. When you emerged from the hold, you were holding your head as though you had been clocked on the back of it with a crossbow. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. Nonetheless, you seemed like you could hold your own. And although you did not know much about rigging or sails or anything else to do with the sea, I thought that another pair of hands would be good. I clearly was wrong about that. All right, 
then how long was I on this ship? So here's the thing. I think Edbert was on this ship long enough, because there's a reason. There's a reason why he was on that island. I don't know what that is yet. But I think that Edbert was on that ship long enough to hear about Greta's obsession about the treasure that Nicola had. Okay? And I think this is the reason why Greta, as well as all of the Free League, or the, 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 the League of Free Lords, are after that treasure. We know that that's the case from before. We know that the League of Free Lords is after Nicola's treasure map. Why? We're going to discover today. But I think that Edbert heard Greta and the sailors talking about the drunken ghoul and, and, and Captain Nicola and this treasure that he had. And something about that treasure piqued Edbert's interest. And Edbert knew that he himself should find this treasure because it was of great value to him. What is that treasure? You were on board only a few days before we came to a port and you departed. Quite unexpectedly, I must say. When next I saw you, it was in battle on the decks of the drunken ghoul. You know the rest. Aye, I do know the rest, but not much about what happened in between. What was the name of the port that you took me to? Was it Stormsworth where... Yeah, actually probably was Stormsworth because that would explain if the Order is tracking him, which they are, then they would attract him to the place that he was last at, which is Stormsworth. I think that's a near sure thing. Was it Stormsworth? It was. So, Edbert put off the ship, or he got off the Grey Mariner at Stormsworth after hearing about Nicola's treasure map from Greta, from the other men, knowing that the treasure map was of value. He basically stole off the ship before anyone else could know he was gone and did something <laughs> that was weeks ago. That was that was a month ago, almost. So you're saying that I had knowledge of Captain Nicola's treasure map. Captain Nicola immediately looks sort of uncomfortable by this conversation. He's a little uncomfortable when anybody's talking about his treasure map. Which no longer exists, by the way. It's only in his head because he destroyed it memorized it. That's enough for now, Greta. Down below, which is the, uh, the guards take him off and put him back down in the hold. Which leaves Nicola and Edbert. Captain, I'm gonna have to ask you to level with me. Clearly, I knew about your treasure, just like everyone else does around here. I've gotta ask you, what is it that that map that is in your head leads to? What is it? 97, transform? Six. Transform reality. Ah, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I don't rightly like to talk too much about it, as you can imagine, Edbert. But I'll owe you that at least, I suppose, for what you've done for me and mine. The treasure is of uh, great value to the entire League of Free Lords. It's neither gold nor silver, nor jewels, as you might expect. No, it is something much, much more valuable than that. It is an artifact of the ancient world. Something called the soul cage. The soul cage, what's it do? Well, it is said that the soul cage can uh, affect our world in ways that uh, very few people can understand. It is said in the old law that the soul cage was able to transform reality around it. That sounds like quite a babble. Indeed it is, and that is the reason why the entire League of Free Lords is after it, and probably your order as well. All right, so what exactly is it? Well, 
It is, um... I'm calling it soul cages because I think that's a cool idea, that it's a cage that, that traps energy, or traps reality within it to be able to be transformed uh, else, elsewhere. Um, but also because it's the name of one of my favorite Sting albums of all time, Soul Cages. <laughs> I think it's literally a, a cage, like a birdcage. But yay big, you know, cube. Why does the League want it? It's an item that can transform reality. That's pretty powerful. There's gotta be a reason that Edbert himself also wanted it. Remember, Edbert's whole thing is to free himself of Sherilyn. So what if, what if the soul cage, I think it's able to change the nature of Sherilyn from, oh, oh, you know what? I think this artifact can actually, I think it can bring her back from the dead. I think it can bring her back from the dead. I think it can control her spirit. And if it can control her spirit, cage her spirit, and basically transform it into a, into a life form again. So if that's the case, then it would have huge significance to the Order as well. I mean, think about it. That's like a super weapon for them. Their whole thing is about, you know, destroying undead, purging undead. If they could have this weapon that literally transforms the undead into something else, into something, well, a life form. That, that's a massive power. So, okay, the Order would definitely be interested in that. Did they know about it? Here's the real question. How did Vale know that Edbert was going to be on the deck of the Drunken Ghoul? Barring some magical scrying, there was really no way she could have done that. Which means... Okay, I know I said before that the Grey Mariner was not in fact going after the treasure map they're going after Edbert, but I don't think that's actually true. I mean, I think it is true, but I think it's also true Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. Pieces put together. Pieces put together. Vale and the Order knew about the artifact. They knew that Captain Nicola had a treasure map for the artifact, as did uh, uh, the, the, free, the Free Lords, the League of Free Lords. Vale didn't know where Edbert was, but they were hot on his trail. They knew he was down here somewhere. They had tracked him to Stormsworth. They would also have to know that that item would have been very useful to Edbert, would have been very valuable to Edbert. Oh, you know what? Okay, 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 okay. There's, there's a lot going on here. How do they track him? How do they track him? I had this idea that the Order is able to track Edbert because of, uh, basically they can track hauntings, they can track spirits, that kind of stuff. Makes sense, right? That's how they find stuff. But but Edbert's connection with Sherilyn was slowly severing. The longer he was separated from her, the harder it became for the Order to track him. That's the reason why they lost track of him in Stormsworth. They knew he was somewhere here, but they couldn't they couldn't pinpoint his location. So Vale knew that this item, the Soul Cage, would be of value to Edbert. So she would have wanted to get to it first to lure Edbert and capture him, as well as capturing the Soul Cage itself. Man, that's win-win for her. She gets Edbert, she gets this incredible artifact, and all she has to do is commandeer the vessel. Now, how did that happen? Obviously, obviously the Order has some leverage over the League of Free Lords, or at the very least, some leverage over Greta and the Grey Mariner. What was the leverage? Well, the Order would have had to have offered them something. They would have had to have been able to say, look, if you help us do this thing, if you help us find this man, Edbert, if you help us, we'll help you find the treasure, we'll help you whatever. But why does the Free Lords, why do the Free Lords want the item specifically? transform reality it deals if it can transform Sherilyn into a living being and basically control her maybe it can also transform other spirits other sort of undead stuff oh oh this is an idea I have an idea right now I'm gonna roll on it I think it's somewhat likely oh right on the button there was a 65% chance <laughs> okay the question for the chart was 
Is there a dreaded ghost ship operating in these waters that is such a terror to the League of Free Lords, as well as anybody else that comes across it, that it is completely interfering with their enterprise, with their business, with their smuggling, with their everything. It is a horrible, terrifying ghost vessel. And the League of Free Lords know that they need to bring it under heel and they need to control it. And they figure that this thing, this item, the soul cage that can transform reality, if they can get their hands on that thing, they can control the ghost ship and whoever, yeah, whichever captain does that first, becomes the most powerful captain in these waters because he can control the ghost ship in these waters. At least that is their theory. Okay. All right. I think this all makes sense. So Vale was hoping to lure Edbert to the soul cage in order to capture him and the item. So she would have said to the League, the Order can protect you against the ghost ship using our powers if you help us find this man, Edbert. Hmm. That's a, that's a powerful incentive. So Edbert, that is the reason why everyone was after my map. They all want to control the circuit so that they can get their hands on that ghost ship out there and use it to their own advantage. But I'm going to get there first. This soul cage. You say this thing can control spirits. That stands to reason why I was looking for it. But what I don't know is how I wound up on that island. We know it definitely wasn't on the boat. It wasn't on Somerville's boat from the Drunken Ghoul. We established that right off the bat. Edward did not get on that island via the Drunken Ghoul. He got there completely some other way. All right, listen, Captain Nicola. I don't have any particular interest in the local powers or dominions down here. But I do have interest in using that soul cage at least once to help me. So... If you promise to take me to that treasure, I'll do everything in my power to see that you get there safely, you and your crew. Anything I can do, I swear to it. If you promise me that once we get to the soul cage itself, that I'm able to use it just once to free myself of my past. Well, that's quite an offer, Edbert. And though you seem to be quite trustworthy so far, I don't know how comfortable I am merely handing over such an artefact to the likes of you once we get there. How do I know you won't use it against me and mine? I've got nothing against you, Captain. As far as I can tell, all you've done is help me up to this point. You keep helping me, and I will keep helping you. That includes putting that soul cage in your hands before anyone else can get it. Certainly before the Order gets their grimy paws all over it. So what do you say, Captain? Have we got a deal? This is a really good deal for Nicola. Does he accept? I think it's very likely. Edward's proven himself very worthy. I'm going to say it's very likely that he accepts this deal. He does. Son of Extreme, yes, he does. All right, Edward. I'll take you up on that deal. But first, we've got to get to Deng's Marsh and get this ship repaired. That is the end of that scene. Wow. Lots of, lots of, lots of details here. <sighs> but it provides some answers and it begins to coalesce. The, the answer, the, the background mystery begins to coalesce now. So at the end of the scene, there's no new NPCs. There's a bunch of new threads though. Edward has to help Nicola uh, retrieve the soul cage. That will actually alter the thread known as Captain Nicola's treasure map and it's going to transform into the new thread, help Nicola retrieve the soul cage. 
Where is Edbert and how did he get here? Well, we're getting really close to answering that. We know that Simon shanghaied him for his own safety and stowed him away on board this vessel so that he could delay the order. Ooh, I hope Simon's still alive. Sherilyn must be permanently dealt with. Well, <laughs> we're moving towards that for sure. Okay, the chaos factor goes down to four because everything was pretty calm and in control. Great. The next scene is the port of Dengsmarsh. Dengmarsh? Dengmarsh. Dengmarsh. Is the scene altered or interrupted? It is not. It is not because Chaos Factor goes down to four. The port of Dengmarsh. Edbert, Captain Nicolette, Wyndham, and another sailor come up alongside the docks here. In the town, the port town, the small battered port town of Dengmarsh. So Dengmarsh is built on a swamp. Hence the name. I think it's kind of like a swampy, murky, misty kind of island. It's got a nice harbor. This is the reason why ships come in to, to get repairs and stuff here. I think it's a, it's a free town, a free port. It's not controlled by any of the, the, the main powers. It's, it's basically a pirate port, essentially. Right, I'm going to go find the shipwright and see about getting repairs to the ship, perhaps a renaming of the vessel as well. In the meantime, this uh, inn up the way, it's got a lovely tavern inside. Why don't you go in and have yourself a mug of ale or something like that, and I'll come and join you presently. So, Wyndham goes with uh, Nicola. Edbert is on his own. He begins to make his way up the gangway here, over the sort of swampy, marshy area, and, you know, passes a number of local folk and such, and goes up the stairs into the inn. What is the name of the inn? We are going to go to... GM's Miscellany Urban Dressing, again available through the drive through RPG link in the description below. Tavern name. The Singing... 17. The Singing Demon. <laughs> I love it! Well, I think maybe that as uh, Edward makes his way inside the inn, he can uh, hear the, the rowdy body songs of a, of a local bard or troubadour uh, bursting out uh, among, the, among the din, over the din rather, contributing to the din. Putting paid to the name Singing Demon for when he goes inside. I think it's a, a fairly busy establishment. Pirates, sailors, ne'er-do-wells, scoundrels, scum of the earth. Uh, that's who's populating this place. But there, as I said, there's a, there's a bard at the end. I think he's like a, he's an old haggard sailor with, you know, an eye patch and maybe one leg. <laughs> Why not? And he's, he's singing this song, which is just, this, just this rowdy, rowdy song of violence and, and, you know, bloodshed and stuff. So as Edward enters this establishment, he needs to know that this is safe. The order might be here for all he knows, so he has to sort of very discreetly inquire about that. But, you know, he goes up and he, he orders from a tavern wench or something, a, a mug of ale, and sits down by the fire, as is his wont to do in taverns, as we learned from episode five of season one. As the barmaid comes up and gives him his, his ale, he says to her, Listen, I need to know if, uh... If anybody's been here recently, a woman by the name of Vale, or anybody she might have been with, does that name mean anything to you? Does it? Has the order been here? I, I don't know. I mean, it's possible. We'll call it 50-50. KS rank four. Uh, oh, yes. The barmaid says, Vale, Vale. Yeah, I think I remember someone like that. She was the clad all in sort of like leather armor, carried a rapier, seemed, seemed quite dangerous, didn't she? Yeah, that's the description. Listen, was she alone or was she with anybody? Very likely, she was with somebody. 31, yes, she was. 
So this was, this was some time ago. So she wouldn't have been with Carlos, because Carlos was already on the drunken ghoul. So was she with another member of her order? Probably. I'm gonna say it's a near sure thing. That's who she was with. 89, no! Okay, so she was not with another member of the order. So was she with another free lord? Was she with a member, another pirate captain? Maybe trying to exert her authority on as many captains as she could. That makes sense, actually. I mean, they're exerting their influence quite strongly down here. Let's ask. I think it's very likely that is in fact the case. Was it another pirate lord? Yes, it was. Names, 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 book of random tables, one. Random names. Townsend with Lord Captain Townsend. GM's Wilderness for random ship names of the Cruel Sea. She was hanging about with Lord, a Lord Captain of the Free Lord, Lord Captain Townsend of the Cruel Sea. Have you heard of the Order of the Purifying Flame trying to garner control down here? Oh yeah, I mean I've certainly heard rumours to the effect. I mean, I do work in a pirate tavern. After all, of course these sorts of rumours gonna come to me. Yeah, this order came down not too long ago, but they've exerted quite a lot of influence over the over the free league, over the Lord Captain. Something about being in league with the league. I don't really know why. I think they've got common purpose. Really don't know what it is about. Uh, what are the odds that Vale was actually asking about Edbert? Probably pretty good. So does she know the name, Edward? Ooh, yeah, sure, likely. Oh, she does. It turns out that this veil was uh, trying to track down a man by the name of Edbert. Uh, she didn't uh, give any description by any chance, did she? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Obviously, Vale would have given a description. She would have said, you know, I'm looking for this man. He looks like this. Ba -ba 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 -ba. I guess the question is how accurate was the description? And does this barmaid recognize Edbert as the man that Vale and this other Lord Captain were looking for? Does the barmaid recognize Edbert from Vale's description? She does! <laughs> well, here's the thing. I guess here's the real question. Is she spying on behalf of the Order? Uh, or has she been paid to report? That's a very good question. I think, I think it's pretty likely. I mean, has she been paid to report? Yes, she has. So, I suppose I look familiar to you. Well, not really that familiar. I mean, there's a lot of folk around these parts who share your p particular look. Armed and armoured and haunted mad look in the eye. Uh, do you know what? Oh, I've got something to do over here. Excuse me. And she kind of begins to move through the crowd, Edbert. Uh, yeah, I think he gets up and begins to push his way through the crowd. Oh, you! Hold up a second! I think she is beginning to move her way towards the proprietor and his security staff. Just a bunch of thugs, basically. Um, does Edbert intercept her through the crowd before she can get there? He's gonna muscle his way through the people. Ugh, get out of the way! Get out of the way! Does he successfully muscle his way through the people before she can get to the owner and warn the owner that the that the object of Vale's interest is in fact in the bar right now? Does he do it? Oh, no, he does not. So the place is packed, the place is packed, and he's trying to push his way through. But every time he gets his way through, every time he begins to make headway through, there's another drunken sod that kind of, you know, moves up and blah, right in his face. And he's, ah. So he does not get to her before she, he can see this happening across the crowded room. The barmaid goes up to the proprietor and his group of thugs and kind of looks back and points sort of, you know, at, directly at Edbert, her eyes now quite wide. And she says something and the, the, in, the innkeeper kind of looks He's sort of a big, heavy-set man. These thugs are bigger 
and heavier <laughs> with, you know, cudgels and maces and axes or something. And they kind of look and he makes a motion to, to where Edward is and these two thugs begin to move their way through the crowd. One of them says, Oi, you, stop right there! Edward sees them coming. Ugh. Why, every time, every bloody time. And he sees them coming towards him to try and apprehend him because they've been given orders by the order to apprehend anyone matching Edward's description who happens to walk into this tavern. Well, this is a problem because even though Edbert is recovered from his wounds and his full fighting pot potential, he doesn't really want to get into a fight with these guys here. He is here for information, not for a combat. So... What's he going to do? He knows that Nicola is out here somewhere talking to the shipwright. He does not want to blow this while he's so close. Is he going to fight them? Is he going to, to draw his blade? Or is he going to hit fisticuffs? What is he going to do? I, I have no idea. We'll have to find out next time on the next episode of Me, Myself, and Time. Thank you so much for joining. And if you like the show, please do hit like and subscribe. And if you want to help uh, keep the show going, uh, by all means, help us out and become a subscriber on Patreon. Or you can click the drive through RPG links below. That helps the show. Uh, or you can uh, purchase some merchandise as well. All of these and more are available in the description below as well we have a new website www.memyselfandi.com where everything is located in one central hub so thanks for joining me and we will see you next time on the next episode of me myself and die